Hey, sister, welcome back to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. As we close out Black History Month a few days ago and now start into Women's History Month, I think it is so important for us to consider how we can continue to stay committed to diversity, inclusion, and equity efforts in our chapter, while also looking at March as an opportunity to see how sorority can really elevate women. I am really excited to introduce you to a new sister friend of mine who I think is the perfect person to be having this conversation. Aaliyah is a Delta Zeta at Illinois State University who just received the Emerging Leader Award from her fraternity and story life community. In her first six months of membership, she has dove in to leadership opportunities and speaks so highly of the things that she is taking away from Delta Zeta without having experienced sorority outside of the pandemic and the restrictions that have come alongside it. I know that you will be so inspired in your sorority experience from hearing her story, the work that she is doing to create a position around diversity and inclusion, and her passion for restoring and repairing the experience people of color have going through sorority recruitment. Before we dive into my conversation with Aaliyah, I wanted to remind you all that our sorority summit, Uncharted, is coming up in just a few weeks. If you haven't heard yet, Uncharted is a three-day sorority summit intended to help you map out the most meaningful membership experience. Learn from 10 different experts in areas under sisterhood, collegiate skills, and lifelong applications to take the most scenic route of your sorority journey. We have had sponsors come forward saying that they want to make sure that specifically underrepresented groups are able to get the education and resources to thrive in their sorority membership. If you are a Black Indigenous person of color, we want you to apply for the Uncharted Scholarship. Head to our show notes to learn more, or the application is linked in our bio. Here's my conversation with Aaliyah. Hey, sister. Cassie Little here to welcome you to your sorority journey, a podcast for sisters to find guidance and confidence in any season of their membership. Our rock star guests and I have intentional conversations, discuss unpopular topics, and provide relevant encouragement to be an extension of your sisterhood. So thanks for inviting us on your journey. Are you ready to dive in? Aaliyah, welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm excited to record with you today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. How is your Tuesday going? It's going pretty well. I'm enjoying this semi-nice weather in Illinois. It's 50 degrees and that's like warm to me ever since, you know, the brutal winter. So yeah, (laughs) that is so funny. It's like 50 degrees today in Denver too. I'm wearing like my short sleeves and (laughs) (laughs) my mules, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to like pretend like spring is here, even though we'll probably get like another two months of snow. (laughs) Exactly. It's always like that Illinois weather is so crazy because it's going well, like nice weather for maybe a week. And then a day is going pretty well. And then in the hour, the weather just shifts. And it's like, okay, we're gonna do a full on blizzard. And I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I was not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I wake up some mornings and that's the case in Denver. We are super fortunate that it melts very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't have to deal with it for too long, but mm-hmm. I, I can relate. It's hard to 
get into a routine when things are changing so frequently. <laughs> right. So remind so you go to Illinois State right now, correct? Yes. Okay. So where did you grow up? How and you're commuting right now, right? Yes. I am I am uh I grew up in Peoria, Illinois. I still live here. Um, I'm hoping not to stay here forever because I feel like I'm definitely starting to outgrow the place and I want to go where there's a lot more opportunities. Um, but Peoria, ooh, Peoria is like a 30, 35 minute drive from campus. So every single week I pretty much, uh, go down to Illinois State to do recruitment practice, which is really fun because it's an opportunity to see all my, all my sorority sisters. So I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you joined Delta Zeta during the pandemic. This is your first year being a member. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's a definitely a new experience. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I'm still making those really good connections with all my sisters. Obviously, I can't wait to um, experience the sorority outside of a pandemic. Hopefully, that's next year. Crossing my fingers, crossing my toes, but who knows? The world's so unlikely with everything. So, um, but I've definitely gotten to see a different side of what the world is in communication um, with going through virtual recruitment. ISU did fully virtual. So every single round, um, we had to connect over Zoom. And then the welcome round, um, we just watched uh, videos that each of the sorority made. And then we had to uh, rank from then there. So it was, it was right. really crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my first question that I ask every guest is to walk me through their sorority journey. Now your sorority journey is like, in its early stages, you're like just beginning. I would love to hear it. You gave us like a brief like view, but like dive in for us. Like, what was it like going through recruitment? Like, how did you decide to make that decision during a pandemic? And what has it been like for you the past six months? Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to join a recruitment pretty much as soon, I mean, join a sorority pretty much as soon as I knew what sororities were, because I remember a random girl, she was like, oh, I'm, I don't even know what sorority she was a part of, but she was like, oh, I'm part of this sorority. And I was like, what the heck are sororities? Now I was probably about in like seventh grade. And she's like, to like sum summarize it for you, it is, you get to find your best friends and also help out different platforms and communities and volunteering. And I was like, that's right up my alley. I'm for <laughs> sure going to do that. Where do I join? Like, how soon can I join? She's like, no, it's a college thing. Like, you'll you'll get it in college. So ever since then, I was like, I have to join a sorority. How old were you then? I was, I want to say. Was probably, it high school? It was like seventh, eighth grade. So oh it was pretty, God. it was pretty early. And I like, I wasn't as excited. Well, I was super excited, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't as determined back then because I was like, oh, that's so far away, college, it's like light years away. And then all of a sudden, right. during the pandemic, when everything happened, because I was a senior in high school, so I um, had a lot of free time because basically yeah. all my teachers were like, you're already going to graduate. I was supposed to take the constitution test. I didn't have to take the constitution test. So <laughs> I was pretty excited about that because I was like, I already took it in eighth grade. Don't need to take it again. So basically all my free time was either finding sorority recruitment outfits or watching sorority recruitment videos on YouTube. And so basically I, that's what I was doing in my free time, but all of the recruitment videos were about in-person 
recruitment instead of virtual. Right, right. So I was kind of like, this probably isn't what I'm going to be experiencing, but it's still good to watch what's going on. You're like, I want to be prepared, but is this the right thing I'm preparing Mm -hmm. for? You know? Exactly, exactly. And so then as soon as recruitment happened, it was about, I believe in September. Um, And so they announced it was going to be all virtual, which I was kind of bummed about, but also I understood. I pretty much had everything go virtual for me. Um, So it wasn't anything new. I was kind of like, yeah, I expected that. Um, And I was a little scared because I was like, how is virtual recruitment going to go? Like, am I going to make those connections that people have been describing about? Or am I going to feel like I know which one is my home? And that's what I was like, oh, I don't know. Should I not do it? Should I wait until next year? But I ended up doing it, doing it, and I'm so happy I did because it literally is just an experience that was very unlikely, but I would not change for the world because I ended up did find did find my home, uh, which was Delta Zeta. I love that. I I love your story because I think sometimes we look at the timing, or maybe I don't want to outside the pandemic, maybe I don't want to go through recruitment my freshman year because I want to make my own friends first, or maybe I should wait because of XYZ reason. And I, I believe every woman should honor their own process. Like, I don't think there is a right way to join a sorority, but I'm really proud of you for putting off like any excuse you could have made or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like the world of the pandemic has really, I don't know, like gave, given us the excuse of being like, well, I'll wait until things are back to normal or I'll, I'm just like hoping on like normalcy to return. And it's like, let's not let the current moment pass us by. Like, let's not Mm -hmm. remove the potential impact that the sorority experience or any other sphere of our life can have while we're we're waiting for something, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that. So six months in, you just received an awesome award. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. Um, so I received the Emerging Leader Award at the Greek Gala Awards um, for my university. Um, it was a shocker. Thank you. It was it was uh, I was in shock. Um, I knew that I was going to be a nominee because my uh, my CPC reached out to me and she was like, hey, we wanted to let you know we're going to nominate you for an award. We think you'd be amazing for it. We're going to help you put together your resume for it. Let's just do it. And I was like, wait, is this, is this the right email? Did you, did you send it to the right girl? This me? And she was like, of course. Yeah. You've been killing it with your position, new diversity, equity, and inclusion position and your title, which is a USA national miss Illinois, Illinois teen title. She's like, you would be perfect for it. And so I was like, okay, yeah. And so they helped me prepare, which is amazing because I felt like I got experience on how to put a resume together because she was very experienced with that. And she's like, this is what they're going to be looking for, even for a job. So I think this is a good like template to use. And, um, and then she's like, okay, we're going to have you um, send this in. We're going to have somebody write you a recommendation letter. And it ended up being my big Emily. Shout out to Emily. I absolutely love her so much. She is incredible to me she I look up to her so much um and so she wrote the recommendation letter wow I actually got to see it just a couple days ago they sent it to me um and in Delta Zeta's creed it's like 
to the world I promised temperance, insight, and courage. And that's how she started out with it. And she's like, that is exactly what she does on a day-to-day -day basis. That's how she lives out what Delta Zeta is. She is just the embodiment mm. of how Delta Zeta is trying to uplift women. And I just started bawling my eyes out. I was wow. like, oh my gosh. And I started, I started texting her and I was like, I just read what you wrote for me. And I just wanted to let you know, I needed that <laughs> it was it was incredible because usually I don't know I just don't hear a lot of people kind of praising me or something like in, right. more in like a oh you're doing a good job because in high school I really did not get that I was kind of bullied a lot and I felt like I wasn't really being uh getting appreciation for like a lot of hard work that I was yeah. doing and so with Delta Zeta, I found my home where they don't tear me down. They lift me up. They support everything I do. They ensure me that I am doing the best I possibly can uh, do. And they're just like my ultimate like hype women. They're always right. there for me no matter what. And so it's always nice because they supply me with tools to make me succeed in life with leadership opportunities and just different experiences. So I'm very happy with all of that that Delta Zeta has provided for me. <laughs> Aaliyah, like the way you're talking about this sounds like someone who's like maybe graduated or like been <laughs> in the sorority like three years, like yeah. applying for jobs. You know what I mean? Like, can you believe that's the experience you've had in six months? And it's so crazy. It's crazy. And part <laughs> of me wonders if this experience that you're having has been so much like the value of it has been so much more heightened because the things that can often distract us from these like most essential pieces of sorority membership are gone. Right. Like, right. right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, as we've been talking about for nearly a year, like we aren't designing as many t-shirts. We aren't like hosting formals in the way we used to. We aren't like having philanthropic events in an unproductive way. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everything is so streamlined because there's a few, there's fewer ways for us to actually be connecting with one another. And something you and I talked about the other day was I don't think that there is anything more powerful in the sorority experience than calling out strengths in one another. I think at the end of the day, like that should be our number one goal is to like help women see things about themselves that they maybe couldn't have without it being called out in them so mm -hmm. that we can build them up to be the rock star leader that we know that they're capable of now instead of allowing that like time to go by. Exactly. I completely agree. Especially, I also love to see when other sororities uplift the different sororities and just yep. different chapters on campus. And I know that Delta Zeta does that and also other girls uh, chapters on campus support um, us as well. And so that was amazing because at yeah. the Greek Gala Awards, we were receiving so many awards and all the girls from different chapters and there were also fraternities that were there. They were cheering us on and they said afterwards, you know, you guys deserve this. You're absolutely amazing. You've been killing it with everything yeah. that's been going on. So that was also very heartwarming because it, at the end of the day, it's all a community. We're always like trying to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Even if we're a part of different chapters, it really isn't this rivalry. It's more of this uplifting the community. Yes. And I think that is another piece of it, too, that's changed a lot. You know, I think Panhellenic specifically can get very competitive around recruitment or homecoming or Greek week, like these maybe mm -hmm. Greek awards, you know, because right. there's this pressure to like impress and like stand out. 
when really we are going to be so much stronger together than we could ever be individually, especially in a time that it feels like we need to like emphasize the value of the sorority experience so much more because the, the flashy elements of it are not happening. Right, right. I agree. So six months in, you are like raving about your Delta Zeta experience and receiving awards. I want to hear about this position that you created and specifically like what it has been like to build out a position in a chapter that you're fairly new into. Yeah, um, so basically a lot of the girls in the chapter were kind of wanting to create some type of diversity um, position or chair. And um, my big was actually one of the girls who was pushing for it. And our last president, um, Kate, she was like, we wanted to talk to her about it because the girl who I hold the position with, Yari, um, she was like, I am so for this. I want to do this. And her big, who's also named Emily, which is really funny. Um, we were all like, please let us do this. We definitely want to do that. And the last president, Kate, was like, for sure, I'm going to send it to nationals. I'm going to see if they're going to approve it. I, I want this to be um, something that just helps Delta Zeta as a whole, because it seems like we want to push for the new age of sorority life, I guess. Um, and so then we, Yari and I both applied for the position and we got it. Um, and it's pretty amazing because at the end of the day, what we want to do is bring um, the girl's perspective on what it might be like as a person of color going through recruitment. Um, being mixed and Yari is Hispanic. We wanted to show uh, what we were going through because definitely throughout recruitment, we both talked about how we felt like we weren't like white enough because of the starting of what sororities were and how they're evolving into now. And we were just having that fear, oh, maybe, maybe we won't fit the mold of what a sorority girl is especially with me uh, wearing my natural hair. I just cut it off, all my hair off last March because I chemically straightened it forever because I felt like that's what I had to do to fit in. And so when I cut mm. off my hair, I was like, okay, this is great, but how are they gonna think about me during recruitment? Will anybody want me during recruitment or tell me, oh, you need to straighten your hair for you to be in this sorority. But um, I just think that spreading um, different perspectives like that to other people who not necessarily have to go through that um, is a great way to have people get a better understanding of what some people might be going through and just promoting diversity. I know for Black History Month, we did a presentation about um, talking about different microaggressions that uh, Black people go through or the history or sometimes even inventors who invented um, like Garrett Morgan, he invented the stoplight nobody really knew about it because he was black and they tried to push it away because they're like, oh, we don't, we don't want um, black people to be shown as smart and creative back in the day that he was, wow. uh, he founded that. So we wanted to show history on the side that usually American uh, high school history classes kind of push away from. We wanted to show, well, there's a different side of black history than just slavery and civil rights. So those are two very important things that should be taught about children sure. should be taught about but there is so much more and I don't think it should just be talked about during um Black History Month because I feel like that's like the designated month uh, month of oh now we're going to talk about slavery oh now we're going to talk about civil rights movement which is okay but I feel like that's the time to talk about new things that 
Black people did, or in during um, different months like Hispanic month or just other months, we should definitely be talking about history that is not talked about in history classes. For sure. And I Mm -hmm. think when you think about like the timeline of our fraternity and sorority communities, specifically the like NIC, like historically white Mm -hmm. fraternities and sororities, like they were founded before or around the Civil War right? Like that is the time frame that we're talking about. And so we think about all the layers of Black history and the layers of sorority history, and they're going to be inevitably intertwined, right? And I think it's really naive of us to think this is something that we are, how we've outgrown like segregation and like racism Mm -hmm. when in all reality, like it's been built into how our organizations run and operate. Exactly. And you and I talked about this yesterday, like creating a position like diversity, equity, and inclusion is not just like adding another position to the executive council or like the director level, right? Mm-hmm. It's creating a position that's going to question and challenge every other position, every other exactly. area of chapter experience. And so I am just so, and that's not your responsibility, right? You Mm -hmm. know that, like, it's not something that you have to do as a member of Delta Zeta, but it's, it's such an impressive thing that you're doing, not only because you're a woman of color, but because it's like rewriting the way sorority is done. Exactly. Yeah. And I, um, we had during the Black History Month, all of uh, Panhellenic decided to have a guest speaker come and talk. And a key point that I am, that's still resonating in my head, he said, you can have diversity, but that does not mean you have inclusion. So just Mm. because you might have somebody, a person of color in your sorority or fraternity, um, it's all about how you actually treat them. Do you want them just to be a poster child saying, oh, we are diverse. See here, here's a person of color. Or do you want Tokenism to actually, at its finest. <laughs> exactly. Or do you want to actually hear their story, hear what they were going through and have them teach it to the rest of the members of that chapter? We had two team members from the Parallel Agency on the podcast a few weeks ago. And something that Mm -hmm. I actually hadn't thought about was sorority women love to make things operational. We identify a problem, we identify an area that we want to improve, and we create policies. We do programs, we like restructure that area to prevent that. But we aren't very good at like actually understanding the why behind it, or more specifically, the people who have been affected by this structure not being in place prior. Exactly. And there, what, that, what resonated with me that's very similar to what you're saying is, how do we make diversity, equity, inclusion work relational, not operational? Exactly. And being relational requires actually hearing the women's stories who join our chapter and who go through recruitment and who are dealing with the tension that we're trying to improve, but we can't actually remove the tension or create a better experience if we aren't creating space for the women who have experienced it or the people who have experienced it to be heard. Exactly. I completely agree. 
So how is it going? Like, how is it going creating that like programming environment? And I don't know, like creating a position around something so dynamic and like layered. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed to have Yari as um, my partner in crime. I, she helps me so much. I think we're such a good duo, but also the thing is we have such a blank slate it's kind of like our authority was like, it's up to you what you guys want to do. So um, each time they pass on a position, they have a little booklet that runs down exactly like what you need to do. But obviously we didn't get anything for that. So we're every time we do something, we write it in this booklet so we can when we pass it on to the um, new person, because we want to keep this going. We don't want it to end just after we graduate. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's all just about testing something and getting feedback and we really had to look and see what is something that needs to be said about not just people who are black but people who are hispanic people who are pacific asian like all all of this diversity is not just black people and promoting them i i of course am all for that but there are other people who need who are diverse but we kind of leave them to the side like the lgbtq community yeah um just all of that i diversity is so much more than black and white diversity is all of that um so you know it's just all about making sure that you include everyone i know sometimes it's hard but always there's room for growth and um we had we are in a group me with different diversity, equity, and inclusion chairs all around the uh, United States, which is pretty good. There's not too many, but we all are kind of new to this position. So we bounce ideas off of each other and we're like, is this a good thing to do? And so we get that support from Delta Zeta girls from across the nation, which is absolutely that. incredible. Mm-hmm. So what is a great um, form of sisterhood. That's like, I know a cool it's, extension. It's so amazing because there's just, I'm like talking to girls who are in Delta Zetas in California or Florida or Tennessee. And I'm just like, wow, it kind of like made me realize how big of a sisterhood this is, even outside of Illinois State University. It just goes beyond that. And it's it was just kind of like, wow, this is amazing to be a part of something so special like this. Oh, I love that. Anyway, so in this group chat, I kind of derailed you. You're like talking about different (laughs) ideas and like things you can do. (laughs) Yeah, um, we're, we shared our Black History Month presentation, like, oh, this is something that we did. Um, maybe you guys, if you guys want to share this presentation in your, your next chapter, definitely go for it. Or um, girls do vice versa to us, or they come to us saying, oh, do you think this is a good sisterhood idea, or is this a good sisterhood idea? So it's just all about what exactly is the best way to get out there what we want to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's all about like communicating how to make that about the relationships. Right. Like, and I think when you're creating things that are focused on that, it's makes, it removes like that creative element from someone else who's like desperate for that information. Right. It's like, we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. Like let's put our heads together and find a better way to do this and be on the same team. I, I love that mindset. Yeah, definitely. And also a thing that we decided to like really talk about is that some people just don't know 
what is right and what is wrong. And if something, if somebody doesn't know that something is genuinely wrong, um, it's all about not really truly judging the person if they had no malicious intent by it. It's all about talking to them, sitting them down, why something is not okay to like say or do. Um, and so what Yari and I do is we always put out there that we are a safe space. We do not judge if anybody has some uncertainty behind certain topics and they want to talk to us about it and see our opinion because it's not just our um, necessarily our opinions. We also want to do the research so we make sure that we get a full view of it. Right. Being, yeah, having a, a larger, yeah. representing more than just yourself. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure means a lot. I think Combining that with your recruitment experience, I know a big part of your heart for sorority in general and your position comes back to recruitment and how we're making women see or envision themselves in our community. What would you say is the one thing you wish your sisters, your specifically your white sisters knew about what it's like to go through recruitment as a woman of color? I would just tell them that going through life, I kind of could tell the people who automatically like did not like me because of my appearance and my skin tone or my hair. Um, and so I feel like I am very sometimes closed off because I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt because I'm the type of person who like wears my heart on my sleeve. I'm always open to everybody, talking to everybody, giving people so many chances. And in my past, that's uh, kind of gotten me a little bit in trouble because I felt like some people have just walked all over me or made um, racial comments like saying I'm whitewashed or saying that I should bleach my skin so I can look how I act. So wow. um, just like having them know that even though maybe they do not see what is going on or they are obviously like not in my shoes to always be open-minded and never judge somebody right off their appearance definitely get to know them because there's so much more to people than just like their appearance yep yep there is so much more to people than just their appearance how do you think the sorority recruitment experience could be evolved to help women know that the like as a potential new member how can we evolve the recruitment experience so that potential new members know that this is about more than just their appearance and how yeah, they present sure. themselves um i think that obviously i want to put at ease the potential new members because i know that there was so much nervousness behind um when I was going through recruitment and everybody's obviously going to be nervous, but I think that um, any social media page, because I know social media is very big in today's world. Um, just make sure that if you're a sorority with um, a social media pages to put out their um, helpful tips and tricks and always make sure that you are representing your chapter. Um, the absolute best you can because as as a potential new member, I was kind of looking through the pages and kind of seeing like their dynamic. I know that I obviously couldn't judge people off their social media pages, but it certainly did help to see who was um, putting in that same energy into their chapter. Um, and 
you know, I remember seeing Delta Zeta post something during the summer, um, just about how they will always accept people no matter uh, their race or their religion or their gender, how they uh, classify, like just anything like that. So yeah. I think definitely social media is a really good way to represent your values as a sorority, not just with your philanthropy, but um, like the dynamic of what your sorority actually uh, gives off in real life, because you can fake being something through social media, but if somebody enters your house and they kind of are like, this isn't what I thought it was, they're not going to be feeling as like confident. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago because social media is such a powerful tool. We have the ability to introduce women to what it looks like to be members of our organization through this platform that they can access on their phone, you know? Exactly. There's so much power there that can be used to really showcase an experience that we're excited to welcome members into or one that we aren't being 100% truthful about. And something that a guest shared a few weeks ago is you can't sell or you can't showcase a membership experience that you're not having like exactly. you you can't showcase a virtual membership experience if you're not having one right mm -hmm. like exactly. you have to be doing the work and living the experience that you want to showcase because mm -hmm. you one if you do fake it what are members going to think when they join your chapter right exactly and i don't know i think recruitment brings a lot to light for potential new members and recruiters about how they feel about being a member of their chapter. And right. I think sometimes we forget about recruitment that the work starts now. The work starts in the middle of a semester, how we right. treat sisters, how we show up for our events, how we support officers. That is where we are like learning and growing and developing. It's not the week before recruitment when we're exactly. like jamming to make sure we're all good to go for mm -hmm. round one. Like that's not when we like develop the culture of a chapter that we want to invite potential new members into. So I'm really glad you brought up that point about social media because we have the power to educate and inform potential new members before they show up. But we also need to be like living that life before the week before recruitment, you know? Exactly. And something that um, when going to recruitment, I automatically knew that Delta Zeta was so genuine just by the girls that they were, that I was talking to because immediately they were just having these like wholehearted conversations on like the second round. And I was just amazed because different sororities had that, but Delta Zeta just connected with me the most because we talked about Hobby Lobby for some reason we were talking about their decoration we were just going off and talking about like our favorite tv shows and and then we were talking about um the our philanthropy starkly um and so when we got to that round I could tell how much um the girls actually cared about the philanthropy and how much work they want to put into it with um a big event that we have is grilled cheesy with the dizzies and oh, so, so basically cute. it's so cute um so basically we make grilled cheeses uh and we hand them out to people and it's just there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that i did not realize as an outsider um before totally. i even joined a sorority and just how much work each position puts into what they are giving off because at the end of the day like 
even though we are not going to necessarily be um, on campus for the rest of our lives with this chapter, they're making sure that they are continuing the legacy and setting up for the future leaders who are going to come in. So that's something that really caught my eye with Delta Data because they were giving 110% all the time. And I, your point about like noticing the way they talked about it is so true, right? Like you actually have to have the memories and have the experiences and have the like positive associations with things to sell it in that way in recruitment. It's not something that you can just like make up on the spot, you know, mm -hmm. like with the authenticity, like PMs feel your heart, regardless of the words you say, they like mm -hmm. feel your energy. And so I really love that you've brought that up because thinking about recruitment now and preparing for potential new members, especially like potential new members who might not naturally see themselves in your community, how do we help them feel at ease in March when they're like you? Exactly. Like, Exactly. Tuning, tuning out of high school, like ready to for the, what's right. next, you know, mm -hmm. and there's going to be a year under their belt of virtual experience. Like this isn't mm -hmm. going to be brand new like it was for you. So yeah. there might be a little bit more information out there for them, but providing as much as we can from the chapter level to put them at ease makes a big difference and exactly. live the experience now that we want to invite them into. Exactly. I completely agree. So, okay, I've just loved chatting with you because you're like such a, like a light and a fresh perspective, like being so new in your sorority membership and already so accomplished, like so inspiring. I want you to like envision for me when you're graduating from college, like three years down the line or however long, how do you hope you will have made a difference in Delta Zeta and the ISU community? I think that at the end of the day, um, I want to push for every single girl that walks through our door, um, and even just at any sorority, I want them to make them feel like they can be 100% themselves. They don't have to put on this act. Like college, I feel like is the best place to really find who you truly are, because that is something that even I'm almost ending my first year, I felt more like myself than I have ever felt my whole entire life, which is something wow. pretty crazy. And I think that college and Delta Zeta has pushed for that because they actually accept who I am because I've been showing them a little bit starting off who my actual personality and they've just been cheering me on. So it makes me fully blossom into who I want to be. And so I just want for the future of sorority when I am long gone, I just want the it's always, there's always room for improvement everywhere and everything that you do. But I want um, everybody to feel welcome, feel like they're selves, feel like they are home and that home will be with them for the rest of their lives. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. And what's really encouraging about that is that something you'll be able to invest in and build on and continue for the rest of your sorority membership long after you graduate, right? As you right. become an alumna, mm -hmm. um, which isn't even on your radar right now. But <laughs> connect with me in three years. We have resources mm -hmm. for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm just so impressed by you and thankful that you were willing to come on and share your story with our audience. As you and I have talked about, we know that 
the tension that comes with sorority recruitment for people of color is really just like the first hurdle that comes with navigating some of those like traditions or I don't know, like levels of discomfort that come with like being a member of a historically white organization and having to have hard conversations about what women in your chapter, women in your community just might not have known, you know? Mm-hmm. And something you shared with me yesterday is the decision to join a panhellenic sorority versus a historically black organization, one of the divine nine was something that you got questions about. And I just am really excited for there to be more women and more conversations like this being had. So that's not something that continues. That was not something women of color continue to experience their organizations. And you and I have talked about this, but we are currently have a scholarship open for women of color to mm-hmm. apply to attend our sorority summit at, in a few weeks to hopefully continue providing those educational resources and access points to help women really feel at home, like you were saying in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was stalking uh, your Instagram page last night. So I was yeah. kind of like looking at it and I was like, ooh. And it, first of all, your Instagram page is amazing. I will oh say like absolutely incredible. The work that goes behind it, like it's very apparent on the page. So first of all, I want to say that. Um, and I oh just love, gosh, you're so <laughs> I just love, um, that you guys are presenting opportunities for, uh, people of color and the summit just looks absolutely incredible. It looks so professionally well done. You guys are pushing for it, pushing for it, pushing for it. And anybody who can attend, like definitely attend because what you guys have going on just looks absolutely incredible. Um, and for the scholarship, I feel that this is just something that could um, have girls, women of color. Uh, it's a, like an opportunity, Any anything to get your foot in the door, anything um, to help personally, like help you out, definitely go for no matter what anybody says. Um, because, you know, like how you said, I was talking about yesterday, people were pushing for me to, um, join a historically, historically black, uh, sorority. And I was like, well, I don't, I, I, those are absolutely incredible. Um, my half sister, she, uh, went to a historically black college. She joined their sorority, absolutely loved it. And she was like, do what you want to do. It is, it is nobody else's right to tell you where you should go, what you should do, just be you. And that is something that I carried throughout everything. And I am very fortunate. I took that to heart because I am where I'm at now. And so, Look at you. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, just, I would say definitely attend the summit. It shows so much opportunities there and just, um, speakers and just everything and presentations that will definitely help people uh kind of gain a little perspective and get their foot in the door so thank you for saying all that (laughs) that's a lot to gather from instagram (laughs) uh, i'm really glad we're clearly communicating it correctly um this is our like first summit that we're hosting so excited to make it an annual thing um (laughs) But I am really excited to hear that's your take on it. And we will link the application for the scholarship in the show notes. And obviously for those of you who follow us on Instagram, it's already in the Instagram bio. Um, So yeah, 
really excited about that. Super encouraged to hear your perspective on all those things we have going on. That means a lot. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, well, Aliyah, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm just really thankful we got to share your story. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope that um, somebody listens to the story and maybe, you know, this is their push to go for what they want in their sorority and, you know, open doors. I love hearing from women like Aaliyah early on in their sorority journey. Her passion and zest for membership is something that is so important for us to hold on to regardless of how long we've been members of our organization or what we've recently been disappointed by or frustrated with in our experience. Aaliyah has yet to experience the sorority membership in person and is already talking about it through a professional development lens and a lifelong sisterhood lens. I am so encouraged to hear her perspective and her takeaways from this membership experience that we had originally thought could only be been delivered in person. I hope her story is encouraging to you if you're a leader or an advisor trying to cultivate a meaningful membership experience that it is possible to provide the most valuable takeaways of sorority membership right now. We don't have to wait until things go back to the way they used to be. As we talked about at the beginning, don't forget to register for our Sorority Summit Uncharted to take your next step in finding a membership experience of most meaning in this crazy season of sorority. If you are a Black Indigenous person of color, we would love to sponsor you. Our sponsors are so excited to come alongside women like you in ensuring that you have opportunities like these available. Head to our link in bio for more information about Uncharted and the link to apply for the Uncharted Scholarship. Talk to you next week, sister. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast this week. If this episode left you with any guidance or confidence to navigate your sorority membership, we would love to hear from you. Share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and tag her sorority journey so we can know what resonated with you. Also, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen so more sister friends can find this guidance just like you. Here for you always, sister. 